Anyway, cool. Uh, well, let's get going here. Welcome, Andres, to the Teal Time Podcast. It's good to be chatting with you, and you're out in Arkansas, right? Right now, I'm in Idaho. Oh, yeah, Idaho. Yeah. Sorry, I keep on going back and forth. Like, no, you're good. <laughs> cool, you're in Idaho <laughs> now. Um, uh, Andres, one or so. I'm I barely remember where I'm at either. Yeah, like I actually got a funny story. I'll tell you in a second about that. But yeah, uh, uh, we're making this transition from just a solar only to more of a just a broad and like small business entrepreneurship podcast and Andres is like a perfect segue than that because he, he dipped his toes in solar for a bit and now he's doing something else so um, Andres welcome and kind of tell people a little bit about you and your, a little bit a little about your story that leads up to what you're doing now yeah sure um, yeah so I, I, you know, I started out my adult life you know as a, as a missionary in South America for the Church of Jesus Christ um, and right after that I got home and I, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do I just wanted to do something you know cool I was kind of looking for a lot of different opportunities and I had a cousin who was working for Mitt Romney, who was running for president in 2012, and he got me an internship, which ended up not being an internship. They told me I didn't have an internship for me, and I emailed the lady back, and I said, I'm going to be in Boston, so please have some work for me to do. If you don't have an internship, just find something for me to do because I'm coming. And right then, she was like, well, you know, what about, what about you go on the road and, and help out a little bit on the road? And I was like, Sure. Um, and that turned out to be a full-time job. And I worked throughout 2012 with, uh, with Mitt's team until we lost, um, which was a great experience. And after that, I, I got really into the idea of entrepreneurship. And I worked for a nonprofit called VentureCapital.org, um, which consults small businesses and, and entrepreneurship companies on how to raise capital from venture capital companies. And so I worked with them for a little while. And then I jumped into a healthcare company with me. My dad and my brother founded it, um, doing mobile visits. So doctors who come to people's homes. Um, along with a, a health tech element to it. And in the meantime, I, I needed to make some money as I'm growing that company. So I started another company with a, a friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours, Tyler Grange, and uh, we started Idaho Solar. And I think that, that's kind of how we connected was, uh, was through that. Um, so we did solar for a year, um, which was awesome and, and made really good money. And I'm, I've left a really good taste in my mouth and I'd love to figure out more ways to get involved in that. And and then from there, I was able to make enough money in, in the healthcare companies where I could stop and, and, and go that full time. And we just opened up our third office uh, for Basis Health um, like three weeks ago. Uh, I just moved to Arkansas to move our second office. And then our third office is in South America where we're offering mobile visits to, uh, to those in, in Bolivia and South America. So yeah, that's, that's a, a very condensed version of how, how I'm here. And, and I'm traveling you know, between the two offices every so often, but my main um, where I am stationed is in Bentonville and in, in, in Arkansas. Cool. So quick, quick question. When you were growing yeah. up, did you think I'm going to, you know, I'm sure you probably thought, you know, I'm going to go on a mission cause that's kind of what you do growing up in the church. Right. Uh, but like after that, you're like, I'm going to go work for a political campaign and then go do some solar and then work in like a, in the medical field. Was that like part of the plan or what, what was the plan? No. So when I was younger, so I always thought I was going to be like a doctor, right? Okay. That's what my dad did. And I thought my dad is, and I, I still think my dad's the you know, greatest human. And I was like, I'm going to do that. Um, but I, now I've done some like, like reflection on, on how I was raised. And I was always raised in a, in a family that like my mom and dad were always like, if you see a problem, like go solve it yourself. Like don't, don't just complain about it. So in that, like politics was a really big deal in our family. Like we, you know, huh. a lot of my family members ran for office and worked in political campaigns because um, we were really passionate about solving problems for, for, for other people. But something else I know is my dad's an immigrant. He came from Bolivia. Um, 
worked hard, got a, got a medical degree here at Creighton University, became a doctor. Um, and he would always, every time I'd get any job, like I, I worked in sales basically since I was 16 years old. And anytime I get a job, my dad would always ask me, why aren't you just doing this yourself? Find a way that you don't have to work for somebody else and just do it yourself. Whether it was selling shoes, whether it was selling advertisement for a newspaper in Provo, which was my job for a while. He's like, is there a way you can sell ads like by yourself? Like you have to work for somebody else. So that question was always raised growing up, like always given to us, like, man, the best way is to find a way to do it yourself. And so after I, I got done with the campaign, um, you know, subconsciously, those are the things where I'm like, I, everything, I, every time I see something that I'm like, I want to be a part of that industry, but what's a way that I can found it myself and I can just do it by myself. And then that way I, I own the company. Um, so that happened in healthcare. Like, you know, we're interested in healthcare and instead of going to a company and saying, Hey, look, we want to work for you guys and solve this problem. We're like, Hey, look, we're going to start a company and do it. Um, for solar was the same way. I'm like, man, there's this huge market opportunity for basically anybody who's willing to learn to make a lot of money in solar. I'm like, instead of working for another company, I'm like, I'm just going to figure it out myself. And, and it was a huge learning curve for me. Like, I mean, not knowing anything from solar to starting a solar company was like days upon days of studying and trying to figure that whole thing out. But um, yeah, so I mean, just growing up, like it was never part of my plan, but in a sense, like, I think I was always led to doing entrepreneurship because that's just what we always talked about around the dinner table was, you know, if there's a problem, how do we solve it? What's the strategy to solve it? And how can we do it ourselves? Yeah. So I, I, I love these podcasts. I actually learned just as much. I, than <laughs> like I learned so much, like, so something you really, that you said, like kind of rang true to me and I wanted to kind of just like riff on it back and forth. So, well, yeah. actually, how did your, how did your dad meet your mom? So they actually met on their missions. So they oh, were both really? missionaries in, Bol in Bolivia and they, they knew each other for a little bit. But then when my mom was actually going home, my dad was like, Hey, can I, which is, I mean, for a South American kid, basically, you know, little education there just to approach someone and be like, Hey, can I write you in America? And she was like, yeah, sure. They wrote some letters and he's like, Hey, I want to come to America. And she's like, I would love for you to come to America and flew out you know, got all his paperwork done, came out and was like, I want to become a doctor. I want to learn English and go to medical school in America. And, you know, did it. And like, I, I, you know, he didn't graduate medical school till I was like 16 years old. So I very vividly remember him. We used to call it the dungeon, like his like basement where he would study and like eyes were red, like all the time. And then, you know, he graduated medical school and it was like this huge thing, like, Hey, it's possible to do really hard things as long as you're willing to like make the sacrifice equal to the task. Huh. So th this is, this is what triggered me on that. So, well, so your mom was from the States and your dad is from Bolivia. That's right. Okay. So my, it's, this is really interesting. Cause like, I don't really talk, I talked about a ton of like immigrants on like immigration immigrants here. And I think there's like something really interesting you keyed in on that. I just realized in my own life. So my grandfather was, um, a, served in the military he was in korea and met my grandma who was in korea and they came over here and right. uh it's like something you mentioned about like how your dad was like hey if you see a problem solve it and there was like and tell me if i'm wrong here but i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm right is like your your father had like this like mentality of like you know where i'm from i'm grateful for my roots where i'm from but there's this other place where i see this opportunity and i'm gonna like do everything i can to like make the best of that opportunity and sacrifice a ton and, and make it there. Yep. Is that? Yep. 100%. Okay. And it's really like my, and I, I don't, I don't want to like, I gotta be careful with my words here. Cause I don't want to make sure I honor both sides of my family. <laughs> so like, it was really interesting. Cause my grandma had that same mentality. She was like, 
you know, like I, we, we, we struggled, you know, like they actually from, were a pretty well off family actually in Korea, but they came, she came to the United States for a different opportunity, you know, like she felt like, well, and that was because she was like a, a woman in Korea and like a woman in Korea during that time is like, it was really rough, you know? Yeah. And so what she did, like, and she came to the States, like worked hard and like that value of, Hey, like your opportunity is ahead of you, not behind you. And you need to like strive. I got that definitely more from like the immigrant side of our family instead of like the, the, I don't, the American side, the American side was, it wasn't like, don't pursue your dreams or don't pursue your passions. It was, it was more like stay true to the values, you know, like not, don't don't like rock the boat so much. Like we have, we have like cautious. Yeah. Be cautious. It's not as like daring. Right. And I'm not trying to say one's worse than the other, but no, I was that similar in your family or not? Very similar. Very similar. Like my, my mom's a little more unique in the sense that, you know, she is a risk taker in the sense that she married my dad and went on this huge journey. But like, yeah, like there's, there's a a sense that sometimes, um, you know, if you're, you're from this country and and you, you know, even if you struggled in this country and we're we're poor, um, sometimes it's, I don't know what it is. It's just sometimes it's just not as much risk taking or I don't know what it is exactly. But, you know, for my dad, he's always had this like inevitable sense of like, and my mom as well, cause they went on this journey together. They both had this like sense of like, we're going to take this big risk and you know, whatever happens happens, but we're going to go 100% towards our goals. Like yeah. my dad was put on the wait list for medical school. Um, and basically what happens is you have to have someone make it into medical school and then drop out for you to make it in. Right. Yeah. So my dad was like, you know, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. My mom was like, was praying about it and thinking about it. And she's like, let's drive from Utah to Nebraska right now, knock on the door of the admissions people and say, Hey, this is who I am. Please let me in. Right. So I remember as a kid, we all jumped in the car and we drove however many hours it was to Omaha, Nebraska, knock on the door. The guy happened to be there. He thought we were really like cute little kids. He gave us all sodas and sat us in a corner and met with my dad. And he's like, yeah, I think he would be great. Two weeks later, we got a call and said, Hey, you made it into medical school. So like, there is this, like, there's just this, this attitude that I've realized that, you know, and especially with, with immigrants seems to have it because they already made this big risk by coming to America, right? Yeah. Restarting, doing this whole thing that they're like, hey, let's, who knows? Like, what if? The whole, like, what if aspect is something that I, I think I've lived with most of my life and it's led me to my best decisions and also decisions that didn't work out. But, yeah, you know, the, the like, what if this works out? Like, what if we can just get this one big win um, or a bunch of little wins that leads us to our big win? And, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been invaluable. Now I'm trying to teach that to my children, you know, the like, yeah, you know, what if, what if the good things happen if you just risk a little bit and, and work hard and, and, and do that? Yeah, it's like, it's so hard not to like, or it's so easy to settle, you know, and I think that's what the, yeah. the difference is like, well, I've noticed for like, again, I'm like a second, gen, third generation immigrant, you know, so it's a little like farther detached. <laughs> and I, I'm still like grateful for that. Like I knew my grandma and like saw her struggles and like have been to Korea back and forth, you know, so I could see that. But like also it's like, they don't, they're, they have not anything to lose. You're like, you're like, they, they know where they came from. They're like, this is so much better. So like, why, why do I have to lose? Like I can live on anything. Why not just shoot for the stars? Right. And, but, it, but you do bring up a point. Like it's hard to teach that to like, I'm, I, as a parent, I have a, I have a four-year-old and a, a seven-month-old, and I'm, I'm always conflicted. I'm like, I want to give them the best opportunity, but I know right. if I just, like, provide everything, then that's, right. like, taking away that drive, you know? So that's always, like, the balancing yep. act I try to do is, like, I can give my kids a lot of stuff, you know? Like, I want to provide 
every opportunity I didn't have, maybe every opportunity I didn't have is, is taking away stuff. So they right. can, like, learn to struggle. You know, I don't know what your thoughts are on that with, with your kids. Yeah. Like with kids, like, you know, I noticed like, you know, I, I want to ha- let them have like everything that I wanted as a kid, I want them to have. Yeah. Like you're right. Like there's always conflict where I'm like, am I somehow, you know, hurting them in the long run? Um, one thing that Chris, my wife and I, Carissa, we've, we've talked about a lot. She was a, she, we actually met on our missions as well. Um, she, we talked about starting, um, like a small, um, like venture fund, like a Lazarte venture fund. So I'm going to have like, you know, a couple hundred bucks in a fund. So if my kids want to want to start a lemonade stand or whatever, they're going to have to come and basically pitch their, their model and, and learn to do all those things. So that way, like they can start to feel what it's like to, to, you know, take money, to manage money, to deal with money and have a really good relationship with money and use it as a tool that it is and not as the chase of money. So those are little things that I'm, I'm trying to think like that might be a good yeah. um, way to ha- let them know what struggling is without having to like, you know, kick them out of the house at 15 and say, Hey kid, figure it out. Yeah. Um, and also I think like the faith aspect is huge. You know, you're I'm, a man of faith and, and my family's really big into that aspect as well. Like I think when they grow up with the, the knowledge of, of a higher being and stuff, I think that that centers kids a lot yeah. and that, that gives them an opportunity to see like, Hey, I'm not the center of the universe. There's a lot of people to serve. Um, and, you know, service is a, another big thing that you know, we're trying to add into our ass, into our lives as much as we can during COVID, like, you know, delivering cookies to neighbors, whatever it might be. So they can feel what it's like to serve other people and notice that's, that's the true joy in life versus yeah. the chase of like, I just want to be a millionaire or whatever it might be. Yeah. So how, how are you, I mean, I'm sure you travel. I travel a, a good amount, not as much since COVID. It's actually been the COVID's actually been, nice in the fact that I don't travel as much so I have more family time um, right but like how do you how do you balance the travel schedule because yeah you it sounds like you're between Benton and, or Arkansas and uh um and Boise yeah Boise lots how do you balance that um I mean the last little bit has been a lot of travel just because of the we, we've had some family things in Utah and Boise and then we had some business things but I'm probably going to tone down the traveling as much like mm-hmm. thankfully we've learned how to use zoom really efficiently just like a lot of companies have um, you know, most everything can be handled through Zoom. Um, so I think where I'm going to start toning down and kind of focus more on in, in Bentonville and Arkansas. Um, but, it, you know, it's it's hard, like, having a family and, like, leaving them, you know, for whatever it might be for work or for travel or whatever it is. So, you know, I think for me it's just scheduling time in my day where I'm like, hey, this is this two-hour block is family time. And if I'm gone, like, this hour block, I'm on FaceTime with my kids, you know, doing the funny faces thing. Like that's just, that's just what we do. So they still have that connection with me um, no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. Yeah. I was, I was planning on going to Florida for a trip um, next yeah. week for two days. And then I saw like, there's two, there's two hurricanes in the Gulf. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, actually <laughs> probably not. <laughs> problem solved. Like don't have to travel there this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was, that was like a nice relief, like, you know, cause I always have that decision. Should I travel or not? Oh wait, hurricane probably better not. So. Yeah. That's it. That's a pretty good way to say, no, I'm going to cancel that. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's talk about basis health for a bit. So sure. it's, it's, it's really, it's unique, but not like new it's new, but not new. It's like a new used car. Uh, that's actually yeah. a horrible analogy. Scratch that. So talk <laughs> to me a little bit about like that, how that idea came about. It's a family business, so it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, fire away. Yeah. So we, uh, me, my dad, my brother started the company uh, five years ago. 
um, with the idea of we want to get healthcare out to those who need it most and make it convenient. Um, so we started seeing patients in their homes, in assisted living facilities, at their home. Um, and that grew into a, a great practice here in Boise. And uh, from there, we have added some, some tech sites to it. So we have, um, we're working with different technology companies about introducing a patch where our patients will wear it. We can monitor them 24 hours a day, check their vitals, um, use that data to start using some more predictive models and so how we can solve, um, catch people when they're sick earlier. Um, there's a huge issue in our country with there's this, this elderly population who's sick, um, who frequents the hospital the most, and it's causing our healthcare system to go into a tailspin. Like it's, it's a, a major issue and no one really knows how to solve it. Um, so mobile visits is one of those major ones. And then introducing technology and, and rapid visits from physicians in their homes is a way that we've seen to, to significantly solve it. Um, so we started our office in Arkansas because we think that market's going to be great for us. Boise's been wonderful. Um, we have one in South America because South America is, is, was hit pretty hard with COVID and they need people to be able to go and see their patients into their homes. Um, and, you know, my, my, my vision for this company is that in the next 10 years, we're going to probably have another 10 offices um, and have some, some value-based contracts, which are these, these contracts where we market, we, we contract with an assisted living, with a um, insurance company like Blue Cross or, you know, Cigna or one of those groups and say, hey, we're going to take your sick population. We're going to monitor them all the time. We're going to reduce the amount of money you spend on them. We're going to make their lives better. We just want part of that profit as well um, off the top. And so I think that we're going to see like what I'm doing and people are like, oh, wow, that's a pretty cool idea. In the next 10 years, it's going to be so common to have your doctor come to your home. It's going to be so common for you to say, hey, I don't feel good. Pull up your iPad, call your doctor. Um, it's going to be so common for your grandma to have a watch on that your doctor's constantly monitoring. Um, and so we, I know that revolution is coming and we just want to be the first, we just want to be that revolution. So we're, um, yeah, we're every day. That's, that's the vision. Yeah. We want to see a new, a new healthcare system. Yeah. And we were talking about this before we jumped on the call, but I think that like, it's really interesting to watch like human behavior over time. Cause like right. doctors originally like did in-home visits, you know, like right. most doctors yeah. didn't have an office. And then exactly. I, I don't know, like I'm not a doc, a history of medicine aficionado by any means <laughs> but somewhere along the line there that like culture like totally changed and they're like oh, oh yeah you know we don't we don't need to go to your house anymore you got to come to us you know and right. uh, like something you right. mentioned is like when you guys approach doctors to come like work in your ecosystem ecosystem you're like hey why don't you do visit in-home visits and they're kind of like they're like why would i go to a home you know like it's so far right. removed from that like past so they don't even like right. even doctors don't conceptualize why would you go right. to someone's home right and i think now we're starting to see this huge shift because now we're getting a bunch of like nurse practitioners physicians assistants and doctors who are like i hate the hospital lifestyle i hate working the way in the hospital works it's overcrowded you know there's all these different aspects that go into it and, and they're like what are some ways where i can have a better um standard of living while still working and, and caring for patients and we're like hey that's exactly what we want to do. And the patients that you're seeing in the hospital, we want to catch them before they get to the hospital. So come work for us and actually solve some problems instead of being the ones who are just reactionary to the issues in the hospital. Yeah. Um, so which has been a big, a big selling point for, you know, for us, which is, it's been great. You know, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. That's my wife's reading a book. It's called Fiber Fueled. And she said the, the, the doctor in there mentioned the interest, like he had a good catchphrase. He says, we don't have a healthcare system. We have a sick care system. 
Yes. 100%. You know? And so I love that. So it was like, I, that like real, I was like, Oh yeah. Like all like the, what the guy said, he's in, he's in med school. We only had one class on like how healthy living. Every other class was on like prescriptions, body and add all, all this other stuff. Right. And I thought it was really interesting. And so like, but what you're, what you're saying is like, Hey, that we can one combine technology, but also like some conveniences yeah. for people so that it's, it's instead of this sick care system where people only have to like get in the car if they're sick, which is the worst thing ever when you're sick is like have to get in the car. Exactly. <laughs> go to the exactly. <laughs> like, like can, yeah, it's just, yeah, especially if you're 80 years old, you know, you have a UTI, like driving to your hospital or doctor, your already immune system's low. You're going to a place with a bunch of diseases floating around. Like, is that really the place you want grandma to, or grandpa to go? Like, it just doesn't make sense. So we want to, you know, and, and in healthcare, every, every like industry has had like a, a revolution. Like we, you know, in, in portable technology was, you know, Microsoft and Apple and, you know, in solar, you have all these different, you know, Tesla and all these other companies are coming in and trying to revolutionize the way solar and all these different groups. Healthcare for a long time has been really stagnant. Um, and in the, within the entrepreneurship ecosystem, I feel like healthcare has always been like in the kind of corner sitting by themselves. Yeah. Um, and we want to say like, Hey, you know what? Like, let's, let's take that. And we want to, we want to be a big player in this. Like we want to completely solve some major issues. Yeah. Um, you know, so by the time, you know, my time is done on this earth, um, you know, we can have solved one of, one of, you know, our country's biggest issues, which is, you know, healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, it sounds, yeah, that it's like, cause you guys like you that are like companies like you guys that are like taking a unique approach that people want to appreciate it. And like, that's one thing you said before, um, is like, I asked like, well, how do you find your business? You know, like it's easy, like a doctor is pretty easy. You have like a brick and mortar. You guys have a brick and mortar, but you said a lot of it's just word of mouth, you know? Yeah. A lot of it is word of mouth. Well, what that means is it's like, even for a new company that doesn't have a bunch of like decades worth of name recognition or like long list of clients, you can still yeah. have your, your service is valuable enough that you, I'm sure you guys do some kind of advertising and other stuff as well. Like, but like the, but a good portion of your business comes from word of mouth for a new company that right. says like volumes. Yeah. I noticed that people are attracted to innovation and people are attracted to good business models and good people. So if you have like a good innovation, good business model and you have good people working for you, people are attracted to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a good reason why I reached out to you. Like I, you can just tell you're a good person, you, you know, you've done good stuff and that's why you know, I wanted to get to know you better. And same thing with other great organizations. I think that, that you have a good culture and, and people know that. And like, so then marketing becomes infinitely easier when you're, uh, when you're working hard on, on, on those aspects. Yeah. Yeah. I no, appreciate it. Well, we'll probably start, we'll start wrapping this up because I noticed after like 20 minutes, people start to like wane and they're like focused. And after 30 minutes, like, <laughs> no, nah, man, oh, it's all good. Is, well, usually it's actually commute. When people listen to podcasts, it's like 20, 30 minutes. Um, yeah. Unless, unless you're Joe Rogan, then you can go for like two hours, but I don't know how exactly. he does <laughs> Nobody actually listens to the full interview, I don't think. They just listen to like snippets. Um, well, and I'm not Elon Musk either, so it's probably not as interesting as uh, having Elon yeah. Musk on your show. No, but this is, this is good. So, is there anything else you'd like to add as we wrap up, Andres? Um, no, I mean, for, for me, it's just honestly, anybody who's, you know, listening to this, who has that idea of like, Hey, I, I think I want to start my own company or I think I want to start doing something. Just take the risk, take the plunge. Entrepreneurship is huge. Um, it's become popular. I think like the shark tank entrepreneurs, everyone thinks they're an entrepreneur, but very few people want to take that plunge, um, and try new stuff. And I say, just try new stuff, get ready to get punched in the mouth but get really good at learning how to get beaten up and waking up the next morning with the same amount of enthusiasm. 
Um, and I promise that those who are willing to get punched the most and wake up with the same level of hope and excitement the next day, knowing tomorrow is going to be better than today, are the ones who will be the most successful. And I just hope most pe more people can understand that and, and pursue that. Um, we're going to see a much better world after COVID. Um, Post-COVID, we are going to see a massive shift to the good of innovation. And I just can't wait to be a part of it and see it. Yeah, it's good. I, I, well, that's like a perfect ending. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. Andres Lazarte, thanks for jumping on the call, cool, man. man. And if you guys want Thank to you. follow him on Facebook or I know, I know you're on Facebook. I don't know if you have any other platforms, but it's, it, it's good. Yeah, to I'm on Instagram and well and all that. It's Instagram too. Yeah. It's, it's good to follow fascinating people. Cause that's just how you get inspired. You know, that's, that's a lot of people talk about the bad of social media is like, yeah. we'll just fill your feed with inspiring people. Then all of a sudden social media is a really fun place. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Cool. Well, we'll sign out and appreciate it, Andres. All right. Thank you.